Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Darius Person. He's currently an author, a speaker, lives in Memphis, Tennessee with his wife, Lauren, just an incredible young man of faith, incredible passion for sharing his story, making Jesus known. I can't wait for you to hear from Darius. Let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Darius. Yes, sir. Grateful to be here. You bet. Um, I, I always like to start these off with some background information. You have a, um, a very uh, intriguing background as well. So I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about your background growing up there in Memphis, a little bit about your family and, and how sports played a role in your childhood. Yes. So I actually grew up in Jackson, Tennessee, which is right by Memphis, okay. about 45, 50 minutes. Uh, grew up in Jackson all my life, born and raised. I grew up in a single parent home, me and my mom, Linda Person, um, myself, her and my sister. My dad was in my life, uh, but he wasn't around as he wasn't he wasn't in the household, but he, mm-hmm. he was there. He cared. He you know, came and got me on the weekends and things of that nature. Um, I grew up a, a kid in the inner city, kid just searching, searching for himself, just searching for who he is. And the one way that I saw myself, I was through sports. Mm-hmm. Right next to our apartment was a basketball court right next to it. And across from that was a baseball field. And across from that was a football field. So sports always had my attention. It was something that I embraced and it made me feel hopeful. It made me feel valuable. It made me feel like I had purpose in life and it kept me out of trouble. So sports kid from the age of six. And I had that 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 dream and that desire to make it pro. So that was my 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 aim. And I had cousins who played ball as well. So I looked up to them. So yeah, that was mainly my childhood sports yeah that's yeah sports plays a huge role um in a, in a lot of kids kids lives especially looking for identity um was your family a family of faith and then at what point in your life did you decide you know what i need a personal relationship with jesus mm, yeah great question so as far as my my family my mom my dad they quoted god they believed in God, but I didn't see that lived out. I didn't see, I didn't know what it looked like to follow Jesus. I knew what it looked like to hope in Jesus. So before my grandmother passed, when I was 10, she told me to uh, stay in church and go to church. So I was inspired by her to go to church and learn more, to learn more about God. My dad's side of the family they are God-fearing people. My aunties, they are strong women of God, and they always poured into me. They gave me words of wisdom. At the age of 12, I gave my life to Christ at our family's church uh, on my mom's side, Center Point Baptist Church. I got saved there, and I gave my life to Christ out of it was, it was, I would say I saw a lot of other kids doing it. Mm-hmm. So I, so I did it and I, I felt like it was a safe place and, and, and I trusted the leadership, but I gave my life back to Christ when I was 17. I had time mm-hmm. to, you know, 
walk through life more and experience the brokenness and uh, and uh, and the and of being a teenager. And I was just broken. I was just just trying to find something to fill that void in me that was empty. And I tried to fill that 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 void with sports, <laughs> you know. So, uh, and I recall um, praying a prayer to God. And I remember I used to see God's hand, not his face. If, mm. if, you know, if that makes sense. Um, you know, God, give me this. God, give me that. You know, I, you know, I treated God like a genie. And I, um, <laughs> it's so funny to say, but I prayed a prayer and I said, God, if I score five touchdowns, um, I'll go to church five months straight. <laughs> wow. So, so the next game, Stuart, I fractured my wrist. Mm. The next game, I fractured my wrist. And I remember just feeling so humbled, but also prideful. Yeah. I played quarterback, and I felt like I couldn't let my team down. So I never told anybody that my, that my wrist was fractured. I never told my parents. I think I told my coach, but you know how how some coaches are all just toughing it up and yeah, you know you'll be all right. Just go through therapy and things like that. So I played the whole season with a fractured wrist, and I played the whole basketball season with a fractured wrist. Wow! I couldn't even flip my wrist. I had to like shoot the ball, you know, like like in a steel motion. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I finally gave in. The pain was unbearable. And I told my mom and she was very upset. And we go to see a doctor and he said, Darius, you need surgery in the morning. I had a I had a hole in my wrist due to the wearing of a ligament. There was a ligament in my wrist that was wearing out and it uh, caused the hole um, between ligaments Mm-hmm. And, and I remember just praying to God, like, God, I'm sorry, you know, God, I, you know, sorry, I prayed that prayer. And my doctor uh, showed up for the surgery. Well, actually, um, he didn't show up for the surgery. He had a, a definite family and they uh, put a cast on my wrist for three months. So I was in school for three months with a cast on my wrist. And, and you're just talking about a humbling experience. And during that time, uh, my mentor, who was walking light with me, told me that sports wasn't everything. And when he said that, it made me question myself and say, you know, it has to be something more than sports. Mm. And, and, it, and it has to be God. And, and I asked myself, what makes him say that? And, and this guy was a college athlete. And what I saw him doing was walking life with Jesus. And, mm. you know, I was like, man, like, that's, that's something that I want. I want to be able to hope in something more than um, sports that I'm placing my value in. So that's when it started. That's when I wanted to be fully in and to um, acknowledge God more and to honor him through sports and not play sports in his spot, which is God almighty. Man, that's awesome. Because I know, I mean, a couple of things stand out. I mean, you said you, you know, originally started your relationship with Jesus at 12, but then kind of refocused at age 17. I think that's very normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of us, you know, make a decision. If you grew up in a family of faith, you make it early. But 
after those teenage years, you really understand what it really means. Right. Um, and then, you know, just through this podcast alone, I have talked to so many coaches and athletes that say very similar, maybe different circumstances, but a very similar story of uh, their identity was so much in what they do. Yep. You know, especially in sports. I mean, that's the way in the business world, um, yep. no matter what field you're in, but it seems like it's more prevalent in sports because once you get to the college and now, and you know, the pro level, I've, that's your livelihood. Wow. Yeah. You know, so I like what you said, though. You know, you used to seek his hand yep. um, for things you wanted, you yep. know, but it really is about seeking his face. I love I wrote that down. That's you know, just a reminder to seek his face and not his hand because it's so easy. Um, you know, we talk about we need to pray more, but it's very easy to to mm-hmm. focus our prayer life on. I need this. I want this. I need this. And oh, yeah, don't forget about that. Instead of, hey, God, what do you want? Yep. That's Absolutely. awesome. Your God cares <laughs> more about that about that character. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, obviously sports was a big part of your life. So you end up with the opportunity to play college football at Bethel University um, mm-hmm. there in Tennessee. Talk about that process. I mean, you talked about the break of the wrist and how that impacted you um, personally and spiritually. But talk about the process of ending up at, at Bethel University. Yeah, so how that happened was divine. It was God's divine nature. I was supposed to sign with Murray State. Hmm. Um, a coach called me on signing day and said, we can't sign you because of your, your scores on your ACT. So that summer, I was without a scholarship. And I was, you know, um, just believing God. In, in faith and I was still out there training with my teammates who were signed to a team and I got a call from um, Coach Cackless and he he's now at Northern Illinois I believe and he wanted to offer me a scholarship and that next week I went to a camp at FCA in uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina and um, they give you a leader from all over, Texas, Florida, California and my leader went to Bethel University. And that was just cool because he was able to pour into me that summer um, as I came to Bethel. So, yeah, that's how, that's how it happened. Awesome. So, um, you know, before we get back into um, your faith, let me ask you a couple sports-related questions. Um, what would you say, you know, your playing career was high school, college, be a greatest accomplishment or memory? Man, what's crazy is that even though I had success in high school and college, my greatest memories were, were uh, in my childhood. Hmm. About um, baseball, I played for a team called Camps, and we were in this league called Gilliam Lead. And I'm not sure if you've seen the movie Hardball before. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how my life was. Just like that movie, we were kids from the inner city, um, just just looking for hope, and sports gave us hope. But we was in the semifinals, and we played this team who was nineteen and zero, and we were like sixteen and four, and we beat them to advance to the championship. And uh, I made the game winning catch in left field. Wow! So 
man, just the just the smiles on our faces, the excitement. It was like, man, this is something that I would never forget. So, yeah, man, those those childhood memories. You know what? That's funny. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. Most people talk about a you know an amazing play or a big team victory, especially at the high school college level. Um, you're yeah. probably one of the few that's brought back some old childhood baseball memories. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> what about um, your greatest disappointment or challenge? Mm. Now that one is in college. So a sophomore year, um, we are getting ready for fall camp. You know, like the summer is full of training. Like you're getting ready mm-hmm. for fall camp. You got to get in shape. And my coach called me, I say about a month before fall camp. And he told me that I was three credits. Uh, I was I was three credits shy mm. of um uh, playing and and, and uh, I was confused because I was like what like like I passed all of my courses I got A's and B's I'm on the honor roll and what happened was was according to the NAI rules when you take a course twice it doesn't count as full credits and I took algebra and I made a D in it mm-hmm. and I wanted to take it again to get a better grade and I took it again and I got a B but my counselor didn't uh, notify me that if I take it twice, it don't count as full credits. Mm. So I showed up for fall count and coach said I couldn't play. Oof. And I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So the only option I had was to take a course at UT Martin. And I failed about three points. And, oh, man. And you're just talking about that ride back, Oof. you know, to campus and I was going to play a lot that year. I was high up on the depth chart as a sophomore. And I had to practice with the scout team. And I was just down, man, and hopeless and just so disappointed. I was frustrated with God. But eventually I got over it and I seen good come out of it because I was um, very involved with uh, campus ministry. Mm-hmm. So I got to... Um, be more involved with that and go back home and, and do a lot of stuff in my church. But it was, it, it was, it was tough. That is tough. It's amazing how God uses that adversity to kind of focus us. Right. Man. Um, Man. So I want to jump to, if you're looking at the questions, I sent you one, a, a couple down, but you know, you talked about a lot about that in, in a book you recently wrote called Sports Was a God. Mm-hmm. So talk about putting down this journey in a book um, and, the, and the process of writing the book and, and kind of the main message because I recently read it and and one, and I remember the story you just told. Um, yeah. and that really stood out to me about how God used three credit shot mm-hmm. to turn your focus to him and what he had you um, plan he has for your life. So talk about the book and the process of, of, of writing the book and why. Yeah. So transitioning from high school to college, um, I went to college on a spiritual high. I just gave my life to Jesus and I had this desire to share my testimony a lot. And I realized that a huge part of my testimony was about sports. Mm-hmm. I realized also that a lot of athletes would come up to me and want to talk and um, as you share your testimony, you 
you usually write it out. Mm-hmm. So as I was writing it out, I was like, man, this could be a book. And mm. like, I felt the Holy Spirit, you know, drop the word swag in me, like sports was a God. And um, it was a, it was a download in me. And I remember I was going to practice and I just felt the Lord drop that idea in me. And that's when it started, man, in 2012. And I didn't. Wow. Yeah, yep, in 2012. And I didn't finish it until 2016, 2017. You know, so it was a process. It was a very slow process. And the book is like 80 pages. But um, just allowing God to grow me out of that, like the uh, three credit shopping into um, seeing him redeem a lot of that just by graduating from college and joining Young Life staff and moving to Memphis. And so it's cool to see how God redeemed that and uh, mapped that story out, show his plan um, through that. So, yeah, man. So maybe share a story or two, um, if you can narrow it down to a story or two, of how you've seen God use that book. Mm-hmm. Um, to touch people. Because, I mean, like I said, I recently read over Thanksgiving break, and um, you said it's 80 pages. So, I mean, I'll give a quick commercial break. It is a easy read, quote, unquote, but yet there's a lot in there. Um, so I, I, can, I can only imagine the stories that you hear from people reading that. So just share a couple of testimonies you, you've heard. Yeah, so the book is tailored for – all athletes, but my main target is adolescents. Mm. So I wanted to create something that's readable for them, something that they can get and say, I can do this. I can read mm. it. I can recall being a, a young kid and I received a thick book and it was like, ah, oh, this is kind of like a turnoff. It's too thick. It's too big. So uh, one story that really stood out to me was a guy named Dylan that I met in Wisconsin. I spoke in Wisconsin. And Dylan, he was supposed to try out for the Memphis Express. It was a new pro, uh, semi-pro football team here in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And Johnny Manziel was the quarterback. Um, But Dylan was supposed to have that spot as a quarterback. Mm. But weeks before he was supposed to come to Memphis, he blew his knee out. Mm. So as I went to speak in Wisconsin, where he's from, um, I'm from Memphis, a place where he was supposed to be. And I spoke about how sports was a God in my life. And Dylan, mm-hmm. like 25, 26. So as kids were coming up to me, I seen this grown man with dreads in line. And he was just saying like, man, these past months, bro, I've been depressed. I've been hopeless. And I think that this is, um, you know, God giving me hope because, I, um, you know, you are from Memphis. And I was supposed to be in Memphis. And God sent you from Memphis to Wisconsin with a book called Sports Was a God. And that was pretty cool to see. Um, I spoke in Jackson, Tennessee at Journey Church. And there was a kid I met named James. James broke his wrist and he was out for a while. It was his uh, junior year, I believe. And with my wrist story that I shared, I got to share that with him to give him hope. And I also got to give him a, a copy of my book as well. Wow, that's awesome. Two of my book, I talk about my wrist incident, I believe. So it's just cool to see how, you know, God allowed me to write that book and to see how the book is divine. Mm. 
in people's lives in a timely manner is very encouraging. And I love what you said about the target audience because you're right. I mean, I'm a dad. I got three kids. And if I were to give them a 300 page book and say, Hey, this is a powerful story. Yeah. They're going to look at me like dad, you're a nut. <laughs> but if I, if I give them a small book and say, look, you can read this in like a week. Yeah. If you take it slow, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, that's what I really loved about it because I, my attention span is short too. So it's not just adolescents that need a short book, but um, I love that because, you know, I think it's a powerful tool um, for a middle school or high school athlete when there's so much pressure today yeah. in sports. I mean, if you're not playing um, select basketball, baseball, soccer, volleyball by age 12, I mean, you're, you're behind, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's going that way in football too. So um, I think it's a great, I think your story is incredible and, and timely for the, for that age group um, to remind them that, you know what, you can put all your eggs in the basket of sports, but it just takes that wrist injury. It takes yep. three credits shy. And that can happen in high school, not just college. Yep. You know, and, uh, you know, when you put all your eggs in that basket, God is going to, he's going to humble you. Yep. You know, so I love it. Um, it's good. I, I sat there and like I said, I read over Thanksgiving break real quick and I've already thought about, you know, it's probably be good to read a second time because, the first time when I read something like that, because it's so short, I blow through it, mm-hmm. you know, then go through and there's, you know, there's, there's stuff that all of us can learn. Um, yep. Not just, not just athletes. So that's awesome. So you mentioned having been on staff with young life. Now you travel around as a speaker. You're also married. Yep. Um, how do you balance that? Being a, being a husband with mm-hmm. being ministry, especially ministry that requires you to travel. Man, it's all about communication, man. <laughs> it's all about yeah. communication. Um, I have to notify her like as soon as I get opportunity, like, like right away, like, hey bae, is this is this good? Like, you know, can you do this? Um, you know, can you travel with me? If not, then mm. I may I may have to second guess going. But you know, some months, man, I get seven engagements, some months I get one, some months I get none. You know, mm. so it you know, so it really all depends, but it's all about communication and she's on board. She's a, she's a strong woman of God. And, you know, we talked about this journey um, before I even began it, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's all about communication and um, she's on board, man. It's, it's fun traveling. And sometimes it can be, you know, kind of, kind of a burden being away from your wife. Um, but yeah. That's awesome to hear that you're really in ministry together. Yep. You know, it's not Darius's ministry and then, you know, my wife's just at home supporting. It's, you know, it sounds like y'all are truly in this together. And that's, that's awesome. I think God, God truly, truly honors that. So let me, let me ask you. So if a listener would like to get a copy of your book or even reach out about a speaking engagement, how would they do that? Yeah, so head to DariusPerson.com on my website. You get to see a lot about myself, and, you know, you can get the book as well on my website, DariusPerson.com. It's on Amazon as well. So, yeah, man, hit me up, DariusPerson.com, Instagram, DDariusPerson, YouTube, DDariusPerson. So, yep. Okay, YouTube as well. That's awesome. And I would encourage anybody listening to – to get you check out his website um, and do that. So this next question, 
has to do with the role of sports. Um, no secret that culture is very divided now. Um, not talking and not going down the political trail, but we are very divided over religion, over politics, social economics, um, race. I mean, there's so many different things that divide us, but sports is one of the very few things that historically and still today can tear down those walls and bring people together. So in your time playing sports and still somewhat connected through, through speaking, how have you seen sports tear down those walls? Yeah, man, thinking about that reminds me of the verse of Paul. Um, when he, when he mentioned, he said, I make myself a slave to reach many as possible. Mm. Um, I love the strategy of ministry, just, just just thinking of ways of how to get people in a room together. Just just many years of working in youth ministry, if it's giving away a free TV or if it's giving away free tickets to the Super Bowl, but um, just, just sports-wise, even with me being on Young Life staff, having a three-on-three tournament mm. and you know, telling kids to um, invite their friends and invite their friends. You can earn that trust in that way. And I believe that sports can be a thing that that earns people's trust in the sense of building community and it, and it breaks down walls. Um, and I love to see something that's very consistent um, if it's just being on Young Life staff, just every single week I would get the van and just round up some guys and we go play ball at the center. So that also leads to conversation. So so we play ball, then we eat. And then that gives me the opportunity to ask them questions about, you know, life and um, Jesus and all those things. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing what what sports can do in a time when you know it is it's crazy out there. But yeah. you get you know a group of guys or, or, or young girls together that have a common goal. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, sports is a beautiful picture of the way God God designed the church, big C, to function. Mm. You know, we all have a common goal. It's like in sports, our common goal is to win. Mm-hmm. You know the. The church, our common goal is to love God and love people, but yeah. we we let things divide even the church. But I just think it's um, sports is a beautiful example of how how God designed us to mm-hmm. work together for a common goal. That's why I love uh, the intersection of sports and faith. I think there's so much um, to be learned from it. I know a lot of our listeners um, are student athletes and coaches. So I'm going to ask you for some advice. It's not the easiest time for some Mm -hmm. to use that platform of sports to be bold in their faith. Um, just because there, there could be some restrictions, some, some resistance from school boards or teachers or whatever, um, resistance there is. So how would you encourage that student or athlete to take that platform of athletics to be, bold and take that stand for Jesus? Yeah, I would say just just look for opportunities to be a light um, in those, in those you know, situations. Um, the Word of God says that we are 
the light of the world, a city on a hill that can't be hidden. And people can see the Jesus in you, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like it's spotted out. And I remember there were many times when I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even share my faith. And people would, they can see like the thing, like this guy's peaceful. He's he's always calm when, when he should be freaking out about tests and stuff like that. But Man, just 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 allowing that light to shine, just just showing that love of of Christ to your teammates, and it's you know it's natural, you know, to be a light for Jesus. I believe like it should it should feel natural. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I agree. He's in you. He's he's you know grabbed your heart. He's invited you to follow him and be used by him, and it'll happen natural naturally. So just keep being that light and standing out and you are living for someone bigger than you. You are standing mm. out like, and you are standing out for someone bigger than yourself. Um, and people gravitates towards things that are bigger than them. Um, they, they gravitate towards things that they give them hope and their hope is in Jesus. So yeah, just seek those opportunities and they will come to you. Um, I can recall a story about my teammate, Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulled me aside one practice and he said, hey, man, I want to I wanna meet with you in private. And we met in private and he said, hey, man, I need what you got. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, he's like, yeah, man, like, I need that peace. I need that hope. Man, how can I learn more about this God that you serve? And I wasn't doing anything but just being who God made me to be, standing out, being different. Uh, I wasn't trying to fit in. I was just standing out for Jesus, being myself. Um, but the but the anointing of God can't be ignored. It's, it's, That's it's good. Spotted out. So, yeah. That's good because a lot of times we think being bold means we have to stand on a platform with our Bible and, you know, and, and talk to people about it. But you're right. I mean, if we just live it out, mm-hmm. which there's nobody that can stop that. You know, there's no administration, there's no organization, there's no laws that can stop you from loving people. Absolutely. You know? Because they are so, searching for what you have. Yes. So, so for an example, you know, one one of my teammates was like, hey, man, like I noticed that you never go to parties. Mm. <laughs> Like I noticed yeah. you have a curse. So it's like they see it in you anyway. So they're going to ask those questions. And the word of God says, be ready to give an answer. Mm. So like I said, man, it happens naturally. <laughs> yeah. You know, I may be different or strange or get criticized for this opinion, but sometimes I think when there is some resistance, some restrictions placed on us, um, it can force us to be even more bold, mm-hmm. you know, because we are, we're living it out, Yeah, you know, because when it's, when we can just go everywhere and say whatever we want to say, there's no restrictions. It's easy to talk about God, but it's harder for our actions to match it. Mm-hmm. So we're forced to live it, yeah. you know, and that's our only true, our strongest way to witness to people mm-hmm. to me has a greater impact. Yeah. And they want to see it. They want to see, is it real? Exactly. And I'm not saying we shouldn't speak up. We should. You know, there's opportunities to speak up. But I think a lot of times we confuse being bold with 
you know, we have to be loud, Yeah, right. you know, but you know, we can be loud in our actions every day, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, that's the greatest, greatest impact you can make, especially on, on a school campus is, is just being kind and showing, showing love to people. And then people are going to go, man, why are you loving that person? We can't <laughs> yeah. stand him. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. So let me ask you this. I, I, this is probably my favorite question because um, I get so much out of this. A lot of people have a life verse or a favorite scripture. Um, so I'm going to ask if you have one, if you share it to encourage us, or is there one that maybe God has used and shown you recently in your life? Romans 8.28, man. That's, that's the one that has really been in my heart, man. All things work together for the good are those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. That verse is, is a big relief for me because things happen mm-hmm. in our lives that we can't control. Things happen mm-hmm. that we don't want to happen. And it's like, God is going to use this for, number one, the good of his glory. And this is going to work out for my good in some way. I don't know how, but that's what his word says. That's right. And I'll also say Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that the God who began to go work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And this previous season for me, um, it was, it was, uh, it was a faith test. Um, it was a test to see, will I be obedient to do what I'm doing now? And, um, I didn't know if, if it was going to bring in a lot of income, things like that. Um, but it has, and sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does, but I'm just being obedient towards God and knowing that when God starts something, he always finishes it. Amen. Like we well, don't serve good. God. So we, so we don't serve a God that doesn't finish his stuff. Like he mm-hmm. finishes what he starts. So very encouraging for me. Those two verses have been very, very deep in my heart. So. That's awesome. I love both of those. I mean, Romans eight twenty eight. you know, I view that as kind of like a puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't say all things are good, but all things are used, you know, in the end. So he takes all the good that happens, our bad, our adversity, yeah. and he puts it all together. And it's just, and it's all good. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I mean, God is not a God that starts something and just throws his hands up and said, man, I can't work with Stuart anymore. He's a train wreck, you know? <laughs> You know, he's, he's going to work in my life. And if I'm obedient and keep following him and seeking his face, it's going to be completed. So that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So the last question, there's two words um, in sports, especially that's huge all in. I mean, it's all over T-shirts, wristbands, chin straps, you name it. It's kind of this rally cry. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to go give the definition, but also Jesus, if you, you know, all through the gospels, you read, Jesus's teachings, and it's it's very clear. You must deny yourself to follow me, you know, to be all in. So this is more of a practical question. So, you know, Darius, in your life, how, in a practical sense, day-to-day, what does it mean to be all in? To me, all in means to surrender. Mm. Surrender everything to God. Surrender everything. Surrender your your emotions, your feelings, surrender your your job, surrender every single thing that that you can't control. Um, so I would say surrender to me is what comes to mind when I think of all in. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm a <laughs> I'm a visual guy, so I always have these analogies. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like if uh, if I went to Domino's and got a pizza, and I came back home and it was half a pizza, I would be upset. Like I like I bought it, so I want the whole thing. And you know, Jesus, he he bought us with a price on the cross, mm-hmm. and he wants us to be all in, not half in. Like he wants all of us, so. That's what comes to mind when I think of being all in. So that's good. Writing that down. Your pizza analogy. Oh yeah. So I appreciate it, man. I know uh you have a lot going on and as we're recording this coming up to Christmas, it's a lot happening. So I appreciate you taking time to to share your story. Absolutely. Well, wow, what an incredible story. Thank you again to Darius for taking time to jump on and to share his story. I hope you were as encouraged as I. Um, I've read his book as well. I encourage you to do that. You will you will be encouraged. It's an easy read. It's something that I believe everyone, no matter where you are in life, can be encouraged by. So go to www.dariusperson.com and check that out. And just to recap that conversation, I love what he said, you know, that we, we need to seek Jesus' face, not his hand not always asking for things. We need to seek what what God, what Jesus would have for our life. And just always looking for opportunities to be a light, to live for Jesus, to stand up for something bigger than ourselves. What an encouragement. I know I needed that. And um, I hope you as well are encouraged. I know just kicking off this new year, it's just so much excitement when you hear someone like Darius share his story, just his passion for making Jesus known, he's talking about surrendering all our emotions, our feelings, our job, our marriage, just surrendering all, not just a portion of our life. I would ask you to share this episode with somebody. I know there's a family member or a friend that can be encouraged by this. Please hit the share button via text. Share it via email, however you want to share. Just I'd ask you to share it with somebody to encourage them. We love to hear from you. You can interact with us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. You can send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do. Um, also, our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your continued prayers.